This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you right now for the word tonight. I thank you that you are faithful, God. You are faithful to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or even imagine, according to the power that works in us. I thank you, mighty God, that even as I share your word tonight, that you minister unto all of us, that faith will rise up in every heart. I thank you that fear, doubt, and confusion will go, even as we receive your word tonight. Father God, I promise to give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor for all that you will do and accomplish through your word tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody saying, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Now, tonight, after I've ministered, I will be praying for people laying hands and so What we're going to do, we will be closing the service, and then from there, those who need prayer, I will be down there to pray for you. And I trust that God is going to minister. Weren't you blessed by such great testimonies of what God is doing, that even the medical doctor could say that this is another level? You know, that is amazing. You know, if I can just say two testimonies, uh, I've been praying for people in the evenings, in our evening services. And so on Thursday, I, it was in the evening, I just stopped at the office to collect some document. And so uh, as I came in, uh, the class, there was a class running, and so it had just finished and people were coming out. And this car saw my car and the passengers stopped in the middle of a driveway and came out and because I had parked outside of the yard. So she came up and said, you know, I just want to thank you, thank you. And what happened is that last Sunday night, uh, we dismissed the service and we asked those that needed prayer to come. And so she came. She had a gastric uh, something, you know, and also had problems in her back. And it says that when I prayed uh, that Sunday, last week Sunday, that God touched her, and she used to have a, a pill that she was taking, you know, for, you know, the inflammation in her, uh, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it, a gullet, you know, esophagus. Yeah. And so says that God healed her instantly, you know, the problem was gone. She was so excited. The back pain is gone, you know, and just thanking God for all of that. So God is a God who is faithful. He loves to heal. He loves to provide for people. Amen? And one lady sent uh, Pastor Luis a message and said that, uh, you know, she had a fibro- is it fibroid? Fibroid? you know, in her womb, and they have been troubling her for a long time. She had been to the doctor, and so uh, this past week, she went to the doctor to do the checkup, and the doctor checked all of that and did a scan. The doctor was amazed. 
And at the end of the day, the doctor said to her, he said, I don't know what you're doing, but you're, what you're doing is good. Keep on doing it, you know, because of what the Lord did. And so just want to encourage you that, you know, it's such a blessing to serve God and to see what God is doing in our lives. Hallelujah. And so that's what we will be doing tonight after uh, the service uh, here. Now, tonight I want to talk on the subject Selah. I guess that all of us, we have read scriptures, you know, especially in the book of Psalms, and we would uh, read, go through the book of Psalms, and it will, there will be intervals whereby this word will come up, Selah, you know, Selah, Selah. Now, I want us to look at that word and also the meaning of that and the impact of that. You see, Selah, it's a Hebrew word that appears 74 times in the, in the Bible, mostly in Psalms and once in the book of Habakkuk. It is a musical notation that indicates a pause or a break in the singing or reading of the text. It may also have other meanings such as stop and listen, or forever, or it is so. So with this word, you say, when that word appears, it says that right in the middle of what you're doing, just stop, just pause, and meditate, and think about what you have just read. Just reflect on what you have just read. So, I want us to look at an incident here. When, they, when King David came into power, he so wanted to bring the Ark of the Covenant. Remember that during the time of Saul, the Ark of the Covenant was captured by the Philistines, and so it was never in Israel. And so when David came into power, he so wanted to bring the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. And so he hastily organized people to go and collect it without proper arrangement. Yeah. And we know that that brought the judgment of God upon them. And so we pick up a story in 2 Samuel chapter 6 from verse 1. Says here, David again gathered all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Baale, Judah, to bring up there the ark of God, which is called by the name of the Lord of hosts, who sits on throne on the cherubim. And they carried the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was in the, on the hill. And Uzzah and Aiyo, the sons of Abinadab, uh, were driving the new cart. Verse 4 says that, With the ark of God, and Aiyo went before the ark of God. Now, verse 5. And David and all the house of Israel were celebrating before the Lord with songs and lies and harps and tambourines and castanets and cymbals. So they were excited that 
uh, the ark is coming back to Jerusalem. We're excited that, you know, the presence of God will be now in Israel. It will be in Jerusalem. And verse 6, And when they came to the threshing floor of Nakon, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah. And God struck him down there because of his error. And he died there besides the ark of God. And David was angry because the Lord had broken out against Uzzah. And that place is called Perez Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day. And he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? Yeah. So God, so David was not willing to take the ark of the Lord into the city of David. You know, but David took it aside to the house of Obed-Edom and the Gittites. Now I guess that David was thinking that this ark, hey, there is too much power in here. You know, and I'm bringing this power into Jerusalem where I stay. You know, one mistake, I am gone. You know, so I better not bring this ark into the house. I'll just somehow drop it at this person here. And whatever happens to him, that's his story. But at least I am out of this. Now, wouldn't you be afraid when you have seen, I mean, the ark just somebody dying for just touching it? You know, I mean, all of us, I guess that we would dare not go closer to that ark because it's big problems. And, you know, I was thinking about this, that uh, you remember God said to Moses, he said that, uh, you know, give him the sign that I have chosen you to go into, uh, to go and deliver the children of Israel. And then he said that, what do you have in your hand? A stick, a staff, Right. And, they, and God said that, throw it down. And Moses threw it down. And it turned into a snake. You know? And then God said, from then on, pick it up again. And Moses picked it up, and it turned into a stick, a staff again. Now, do you think that Moses was carrying the staff as, you know, the same way that he carried it before this incident? I imagine from then on, he was carrying it like this, you know, that you don't know what would happen next with this stuff. It better be far away from me. <laughs> and so, uh, that's what David was thinking here. I mean, the ark has just done something to this man. I better not bring it closer to my, uh, my home. And so verse 11 says, And the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. And it was told King David, you know, he got the news that, hey, you know what? The opposite is happening with the ark. You know, great things are happening there. I mean, Obed-Edom is being blessed. You know, his potatoes are just so huge. You know, he's ripping his pumpkin. It's like a tractor tire, you know, and things are happening there. His chickens are laying five eggs each, you know, a day. 
you know, the cows are multiplying extraordinarily. I mean, the guy is blessed. And when David had that, he said, hey, you know, so it, it means that I can do something good with the ark and the ark will do me good. And so what did he do now? Yeah. And uh, verse 12 says that it was told King David, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. Now, this is, I've read all of this just to come to this point. Now, David had consulted, you know, he has now read, how are we supposed to carry the ark of God? I need to do the right thing here. Because when I do the right thing, you know, God will bless me. And so they went in now. He understood that, no, we don't put it on a new cart or on a, any cart, but the priests have to carry it on their shoulders, you know, and we need to give respect to the ark of God. So he learned all of that, and he corrected the mistakes that he did. And verse 13 says here, and when those who bore the ark of God and had gone six steps, he sacrificed an ox and fattened and a fattened animal. You know, and so what happens here? David realized they took the ark, they carried it on their shoulders, and then they started moving. And so uh, when they have moved the distance, you know, and David realized that, Hey, nobody's dead. Nobody has just collapsed here. You know, nobody is having a problem here. We are still good. Ah, we better stop and do something. And so he said, let's bring the, uh, the calf. Let's bring an animal and let's sacrifice unto God. He was now bringing a thanksgiving unto God. And you know, that moment was a Selah moment. You know, that he was stopping everything. And now he was saying, it's time to thank God. That God, we are not dead. You have not killed us. We are still alive. All is still well. God is by your grace. And this deserves to just stop and think about it. Reflect on your goodness, God. And offer you a thanksgiving. And say, God, thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your protection. <laughs> Hallelujah. So it was a Selah moment, you know. And so now after procession had gone that distance, you know, and after David realized that, you know, all is well with me, he had a Selah moment. Now when we go to uh, the same story in the book of Chronicles now, First Chronicles chapter 15. Now we will notice something, you know, one angle that the book of Chronicles is bringing that is so critical and so important in our lives. First Chronicles chapter 15 verse, uh, from verse 13. It says here, because you did not carry it the first time, the Lord our God broke out against us because we did not seek him according to the rule. You see, he hastily went to collect the Ark of the Covenant without first checking, how are we to carry it? So David is telling the people, the priests, you know, that 
We need to do it right. Verse 14. So the priests and the Levites consecrated themselves to bring up the ark of the Lord, the God of Israel. And the Levites carried the ark of God on their shoulders with the poles, as Moses had commanded according to the word of the Lord. Yeah. And now when we jump to verse 25, we see something here. So David and the elders of Israel and the commanders of thousands went to bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord from the house of Obed-Edom with rejoicing. They were excited that now we are bringing the ark of God into Jerusalem, into the city of David. And verse 26 says, and because God helped the Levite. I mean, look at that. It says, because God helped the Levites who were carrying the ark of the covenant of the Lord, they sacrificed seven bulls and seven rams. Yeah. And so they did a sacrifice because God helped them. Because David realized that we are still safe. We are still protected here. So we better sacrifice unto God. Now, what we read in the book of Psalms, uh, I mean, Samuel, we read that when in verse 13, it said that when those who bore the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, he sacrificed an ox, one ox, and a fattened animal. But in First Chronicles, he says that they sacrifice seven bulls and seven rams. Now, what is happening here? Is the Bible contradicting itself? Definitely not. But what is happening, we see here that from the house of Obed-Edom, right unto Jerusalem until they reached their destination, you know, that David went at a certain interval. And every interval, you see that we move the first step and we are not dead. We are still alive. We better sacrifice unto God. And they would sacrifice. And they moved again. And at a particular, you know, second interval, he realized that we are still when We are still safe. We are still okay. You know, they stopped. And they had a Selah moment again and say, God, we need to sacrifice unto you. We need to offer praises. We need to say thank you, God, for what you are doing. You know, and they move on again and into another, you know, a, a distance. And, you know, they did until they reached Jerusalem. And so all in all, they sacrificed seven times you know, bulls and rams, you know, on their way to the, uh, uh, the city of David and to Jerusalem. And so every time they were stopping and saying, God, you have been good to me. God, you have protected me. God, we are still safe. God, we are still alive. You haven't killed us. We are still okay. You know, this deserves to stop and we just offer thanksgiving unto you. We just offer praise. We just thank you and honor you for your grace and your goodness unto our lives. And this must be a lesson to us today. You know, that uh, regularly we must stop and say, God, I thank you. 
You know, I thank you that you have been good to me. I thank you that you have protected me. I thank you that you have saved me. I thank you that I'm on my way to heaven. I thank you. You count all the blessings that God has given you and you begin to give thanks. Let that be a moment, a selah moment, a moment where you stop everything and you give your attention unto the Lord and say, God, I thank you. Now, the New American Standard Hebrew Lexicon defines the Hebrew word selah as to lift up and exalt. You know? So it's a moment whereby you stop and you lift up the Lord. You exalt the Lord. You say, God, you are worthy. God, you are wonderful. God, you are great. And that's what David did when he did a sacrifice unto the Lord. Now, some scholars believe that Selah was a musical notation, possibly meaning silence. You know, you stop or pause. Others, you know, they say it means end or a louder strain, piano, on a piano, etc. You know, still others think that it's a, 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 it is similar to a musical interlude, you know. A pause in the voices singing while the instrument perform alone, you know. But however, all of them, we agree that it's something that you pause and you focus and you're just getting into the moment. You just soak in the moment. And that is a Selah moment. And that is what we need to be doing, not only when we are singing unto God, but in our daily life, that we need to pause and think about the goodness of God. Think about the grace of God. And we need to pause and say, God, I thank you. I thank you that I am where I am. You know, I might not be where I want to be, but God, I thank you for how you have brought me this far. You know, how you have kept me this far. You know, God, I thank you for your goodness in my life. So we need a time of pausing. You know, when we pause, we reflect on what God has done for us. We are reflecting on the fact that God has been to, uh, good to us in the past years. We survived the pandemic. Yeah. We survived accidents. We survived sicknesses and diseases. And we're still serving the Lord. You know, we have influence many people to serve God. And so those are the things that we need to thank God for. We are grateful for God for what he has done. We are grateful for God for what he has accomplished through our lives. That more souls have come into the kingdom of God in our lifetime. You know, that we're having many people that are serving God because of our lives. So we need that deserves a moment of a selah, you know, that you stop and you say, God, I thank you. Let everything stop and we focus on God. And you know what? Every Sunday we come to church, it's a selah moment. You know, it's a moment we thank God for what God did for us the last, the last week, you know. And so, when you come to church on Sunday, you're saying, God, I thank you. 
I thank you that uh, you have been with me from Monday until Saturday. God, you have done so much for me, you know, that I am breathing. And come to think about it that some people are lying in hospital paying for the oxygen, you know, but you have oxygen free of charge. Yeah, and so that's a moment you say, God, I thank you. You know, that I don't have to pay for this oxygen that I, that I am breathing. And, you know, during COVID, some people lost some uh, taste, uh, 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 you know, a, a sense of taste, tasting food. Yeah. And they were in hospital and believing God to restore their taste buds. Uh, but here you are today. You can taste food. You can taste that this meat is nice. You know, that this ice cream is very good. You can taste that it's a Selah moment. That you need to stop and say, God, I thank you. I thank you for these little blessings that you have blessed me with. You know, that God... I am, I am at school, you know, maybe I, you are at university and you are doing well. In times of, of exams now, you are able to write. There are some people that have a mind block, they can't write, they can't do anything, but you are there able to write. It must that bring and inspire a Selah moment in your life and say, God, I thank you. I thank you that I can do all these things. Hallelujah. And so, during the time of Samuel, we read in 1 Samuel chapter 5, from verse 11. It says, And when the men of Israel went out from Mizpah and pursued the, uh, the Philistines and struck them as far as below Bethkar, then Samuel took a stone set it up between Mizpah and Shen, and call its name Ebenezer. For he said, till now the Lord has helped us. It was a Selah moment for him. You know, that God, you have helped us this far. We are grateful. We are thankful for doing that. And so the Philistines were subdued and did not again enter the territory of Israel. The hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. Now, why was God helping them? Is because Samuel had a Selah moment. He stopped everything to come and say, God, I thank you. I thank you for what you have done for us. I thank you for giving us victory over Philistine. And just like we said this morning that... You know, when you thank God for the little blessings that God has blessed you, God will even do more. You know, when you thank Him for what you have achieved already, God will just bless you with more blessings. Hallelujah. And so verse 14 says, The cities that the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored to Israel, from Akron to Gath. And Israel delivered their territory from the hand of the Philistines. There was peace also between Israel and the Amorites. Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life. And so all of us, we need a Selah moment. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I was, as I was uh, thinking about this, you know, I, I, I was thinking about a set of staircase you know, that is going up. 
You never see staircase just going right, you know, especially the long ones, just going all the way. But what will happen is that we'll see staircase going particular distance, then there will be a landing step, you know. Then they will go again, you know, and then land again. And then I was thinking about it, that when you go up those, uh, those staircase and then you get to the landing step, you know, that you might be looking at, I still have a lot that I still have to climb. But you can also look back and say, God, you have helped me. You know, God, I've been able to climb those steps there this far, you know. And so you look at your life. You say, maybe I still have a lot to achieve. Maybe I still have a lot to do, you know. But you can look back and say, God, you have been there for me. And God, if you could help me that distance, definitely I will achieve even more steps to climb in my life, you know. And that is a great Salaam moment. And the, there might be more steps to climb, but I am stopping to say Selah. I am thankful for what the Lord has done for me. And so may we have a Selah moment in our lives. A moment whereby we stop and say, God, you have been great to me. God, you have been wonderful to me. God, you have done so much for me, and I am grateful. Now, as we close, you know, can I ask right now to just bow, bow your head and just, just thank God right now. You know, think and reflect on what God has done for you. Reflect on the good things that God has done for you, the great things that God has done for you. May you have a salam moment right now. May we just say, God, I thank you. I thank you for these blessings that you have given us. Can we do that right now? Just whisper a prayer unto God in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you, mighty God, that you have done so many great things for us. I thank you, mighty God, that you have healed our bodies, that you have sustained us, that God, you have delivered us where we thought that we were dying. But God, you kept us where we thought that things are not waking out. But God, you were there for us. Where things were unglued and things were falling apart. But God, you, re you restored for our lives back together. You put us back together. Lord, we are so thankful. We are so thankful, mighty God, that you have done it by your spirit. And we know that even as we stop and say thank you, that God, you will still do more for us. We know that you will still take us further. We know that you will still take us higher. We know that you will still, will still do a great work in our lives. Father, we are so thankful to you for doing that by your spirit in our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's give God a hand of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So we are going to give people an opportunity to, to give their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we don't want to take it for granted that we all know Jesus as our personal Savior. 
but we want to give people an opportunity right now to give their lives to Jesus, to be saved, and to be born again. This is the greatest thing that anybody could do. And so as we bow our heads right now, as we are in a moment of prayer, you know, I want to say to all of us you know, that uh, it's a great thing to serve God. It's a great thing to know the Lord. And so if maybe you are here today and you're saying, Pastor, can you please pray for me tonight? I have not given my life to Jesus. I have not surrendered my life to Jesus. I want to have a relationship with God. I want God to be real in my life. I want to be born again. I want to be saved. If that is you, you say that, please pray for me. Well, friend, I want to pray for you. You know, it is my pleasure to pray for you that today I introduce you to Jesus, that today you would have that confirmation that you are saved, that you are a child of God. So if that is you, while every eye is closed, you say, Pastor, please pray for me. Can I ask you to raise up your hand right now, wherever you are, and I will see your hand, and I will pray for you, and God will bless you. Thank you so much for raising up your hand. Is there anyone else? You say, Pastor, that's me. Just raise it up high right now. I will see your hand, and I will pray for you. Thank you so much for more hands that I see going up. Thank you so much for the hands that I see at the back. Is there anyone this side? You say, that's me. I want to be born again today. I want to have the, the surety of salvation, that I am a child of God. And you say, that, Pastor, can you please pray for me? I want to pray for you right now. Just raise up your hand right now, and I will see your hand, and I will pray for you. And this will be the greatest step that you would have taken in life, you know, that your, your life is safe, it's secured for, seven, for heaven. So just raise up your hand right now. And as you raise up your hand, leaders will come, you know, leaders in the church and put their hands on your shoulder just to encourage you and just to be a blessing unto you. Now, if you have raised up your hands and nobody has come to you, can you just lift it up high? so that somebody can see your hand, a leader can see your hand, and come up to you right now. And thank you so much for raising up your hand. Just lift it up high right now, and the Lord will bless you. And thank you so much for doing that right now. Thank you so much for more hands that I see going up. Is there anyone else? You say, Pastor, that's me. I want to be included. Just raise up your hand right now, and I will pray for you, and God will bless you. Thank you so much for raising up your hands right now. Now, we are going to pray. I'm going to ask all of you who raise up your hands to say this prayer with me. And say it from the depth of your heart. And God will bless you. Actually, I'm going to ask Christians to help us, even as we encourage you to say this prayer to, uh, together with you. Let's pray this prayer together. Let's say, Father God, today... I realize that I need you in my life to be my, my Savior and that you be my Lord. I surrender my life to you. I open up my heart. I welcome you into my life to be my Lord 
to be my Savior. You said in your word, if I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, I shall be saved. Today, I have done exactly that. And I receive your salvation. I am saved. I am born again. I am a child of God. Thank you, God, for confirming your salvation in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Father God, I pray for all these, your children, that have come into your kingdom tonight. Lord, I thank you that you have blessed them. I thank you that, God, you're confirming your salvation in their hearts. I thank you, God, that they will never draw back, but they will move forward in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for doing that right now by your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Congratulations to all of you who have taken this great step. God bless you. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.